0: If we're gonna be honest, you can't have a Hollywood career without politics, relationships, and strategy.
1: So Keith and I dive into this day in this episode of Hollywood Breaks. Enjoy. When Chapnik was dispatched, there were articles about one of the reasons that the dispatch was pushed was because they had hired McKinsey, which is the consulting firm, to kind of look at ways that they can save money and find quote-unquote efficiencies. Anytime anybody says that, I just think of the scene from the Bobs from Office Space. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, and it was driven largely, the process was driven largely by Christine McCarthy, the current CFO of the company, who ultimately, according to reports, was the one who went to the board and said, I've lost confidence in JPEG, he's got to go or I go. Right. But one of those aspects was combining the operations of the marketing departments. I don't know what that looks like per se, but when we, when Kareem Daniel was first hired, I was wondering is this that Media,
0: whole like weird
1: people with new titles came in and did? Correct. Right. So, Disney, when, when the Kareem Daniel uh, started Disney Media Entertainment, we did a show about it and we talked a lot about what does this mean? And one of the things we had talked about was does this mean, because ultimately Disney Media and Entertainment took P&L power, which is profit and loss power, from the content heads and moved it to Kareem's division. So ultimately, when what we further found out was Kareem basically divided the bevy of cash and said, here, Disney Studios, you have this much money to spend on whatever you want, but this is what you have to spend. And oh, by the way, I'm going to tell you where your content potentially is going to be existing, whether or not it's going to be on Disney Plus or whether or not it's going to be a theatrical release. But after the fact, you weren't creating- But after the fact. Yeah, yeah, they weren't always making the decision beforehand. And it, it was always kind of wonky. But what we did talk about was that potentially that marketing could also end up under that hub as well. Now, supposedly there is talk that marketing is going to get hit hard in this this space. In this re yeah. The biggest hit is probably going to be the TV studio division because they got like 50 different TV studios. they got 20th TV. they got ABC TV. they got AB Edge, whatever. they got all different kinds of studios that they're going to try to maybe merge into one. But marketing has been brought up as a possibility as well. That is something we had talked about. So I don't know if that means they're going to create, I don't know if McKinsey had suggested creating an, a marketing hub where content flows through. And then it's, you know, you have basically an in house agency which runs all the marketing I'm for so the various I'm curious about
0: there. the McKinsey relationship because he- here's from an outsider's playbook what happens, but often these large consultancies come in with strategy with the Mm -hmm. idea of like, we can find efficiencies and so on. You're like, we're the the knowledgeable outsider. We'll show you how the people do it. But they're also pitching in their services. And a lot of these consultancies have grabbed marketing as part of their uh, offering, their services. Mm -hmm. So it's self-serving in a way to say, let's reorg Disney and then put elements in place that keep us retained in the process as you go through it. Right. It's not that it's not a good idea or won't be successful. It's just that there's another player in the field. Yeah. And if the knowledge is outside of the CEO and whatever Cream Daniel um, position was, then you also have this CEO that's learning someone else's strategy instead of stepping in with their own strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, what I hear you saying is, is that in this reorg, Iger basically said, that's BS. I'm the CEO. I'm going to determine the strategy. I can have input from other people. And I, there might be some good ideas there, but I'm going to own it.
1: I'm going to own it, yes. I, th- I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's what, 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 what essentially is happening. I think there are ideas that were presented. And I think maybe Christine McCarthy, who's again, CFO, probably brought those to Iger and said, this is what McKinsey suggested we do. Here's some options. And maybe Iger was like, okay, I like this because this kind of fits where I want to take the company versus maybe what it was with Chapic where it was like Chapic's just being dictated this is what you need to do because yeah. you don't really have a strategy right now perhaps i don't i mean and, again i don't have the insider info on that but that's potentially what it looks like anyway
0: i don't think it's out of place for the cfo to be driving some of those conversations either one no playing a cfo sometimes i think we should have a lot of power just kidding but i, ah. I think there's an element to the financial look at things this often gives you the early signals of what's coming up and to be proactive and and work things through or in disney's case be an influencer and absorb the change sooner than later Mm -hmm. they make markets so how do you understand the financial aspects of where things might are shifting and might need to shift soon so that we can be the market makers that's a brilliant strategic move coming from a finance person so i'm going to guess there's elements in this I was say the like, intentions were probably solid. There are elements of this that are probably very smart. There's probably mm-hmm. legacy stuff that does need to go away. But the the way it was handled, of like who owns that challenge and who's taking it over, I think that's where Disney is struggle and the reorg is necessary. It, it's yeah. interesting to watch it, right? Because we're we're kind of void of any other kind of nobility. <laughs> like this is yeah. kind of a kingdom. And you're watching the players in the kingdom for work out the kingdom and, and figure out the battles are going to work,
1: right? Would not want to be a Disney employee right now. It's definitely got to be a very anxiety-driven time because you don't know what's coming. I, I think they've had a rough few years and now there's you know the whispers of the reorg and it could be big and it could be a lot of layoffs. So we um, shall see what comes next week. Who's going to survive this? Like, what's... I mean, they're going to make films, so
0: there are going to be elements of that that are still good and true. I'm going yeah. To oh
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah. They're. I mean, they're still going to make movies, they're going to make TV shows. It's just going to matter of, they realize they have to find a way to because ultimately, they're, the board has, aside from the succession gosh, issue that Iger has been tasked with, it's also to improve the park experience, which I think Iger has already started to address, but also find a pathway to profitability with streaming. And I don't know if they have the answer yet. And obviously some of the efficiencies that they're going to try to find with this reorg are going to le- lead to that sort of pro- possibility of profitability. Yes, they're still going to all, all the things that they currently do are still all going to be part of the uh, equation, but it might be that there just might be more less people doing sort of all of those things. So we'll see. I don't know.
0: I feel like we just jumped right into this episode, but I, the, I thought oh, yeah. of the conjecture of what's happening in Disney to me is like a, <laughs> uh, a look at what's happening in, in Hollywood. I think that's what's so interesting to you and I when we talk about yeah. Disney and the reorg at Disney is looking at one, just to be honest, this isn't the first time or the last time it's going to happen within Hollywood. These big studio leadership shifts what happens when it happens, why they happen. Um, mm-hmm. and we've, you know, in the case of Disney and, in, and, in, and in the time that we've been making, doing this <coughs> podcast, um, it's changed hands twice. <laughs> Iger to shape and shape back to Iger. So it's not yep. like we're, we're watching this thing play out t- twice in the, in the, the short time we've been doing this, but the, um, the, to recognize and to kind of see the writing on the wall of where Hollywood plays its cards what's coming up and then really, truly, as always, what the opportunities are when, yeah. when they do this movement. It's, that's what makes it curious to me.
1: I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. the same with you. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I mean, it's, you're right. The, the fact that we've witnessed two CEO changeovers in three years, which is just in a, a legacy company like Disney that also, by the way, is also heading into celebrating their 100th anniversary of the company after okay. just just wrapping up the fiftieth anniversary of Walt Disney World, and you have all these moving pieces right now. It, it is quite fascinating, I'll be interested to see what what comes of it and what Iger's ideas are. And um, I, I'm really interested to see who he has, um, the, I should say, the board, because I think the board is taking over the succession issue um, because Iger obviously was a bit of a swing and a miss with Chapric, so I think the board's taking the lead on this. Well, obviously with Iger's input um but I'll be interested to see who the next CEO ends up being well my vote's for you Keith. that's what uh, they need
0: yeah I gotta run I gotta
1: I gotta run a major division first I'd I'd take over the parks I'd I'd be happy to shadow um Josh DiMaro I think his name uh who's the head of the parks division right now and sure you know, shadow him for a little bit. And then when he feels like it's time to go, I step mean, you got on, the genie down.
0: pass down. How much harder can it <laughs> be in the park?
1: That's right. It can't be much harder. I know how to work genie plus, but like, come on. That's the hard part. <laughs>
0: that's really, truly is the hard part. Making your kids happy at Disneyland
1: from that point on, it's all easy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. After <laughs> that, it's a cakewalk.
0: Okay. I want to ask you about this Oscar um, thing that's happening. Um, okay. Andrea Risenborough. Or Riseboro, oh. Yeah, Riseboro. Um, it's interesting it. to me. That's out, let me just put the context out there. So people who don't, I don't know, have turned off their television or their life for the last two weeks <laughs> that don't know what's happening. But um, I'm gonna put my own spin to it too. But she <clears throat> okay. received the nomination for best actress. And yes. when she did, it was a surprise because there are other people recognized in previous award shows in other areas that have been nominated. And they were not nominated and she was mm-hmm. so there, there, created some speculation that something different has happened for her and how did she, <laughs> and then apparently <laughs> the way that she campaigned for this, which campaigning is not wrong, right? People no. campaign. I, I drive down Hollywood Boulevard. I know for sure people campaign for these <laughs> things, but the way she went about campaigning for it is different than what the others did. So they, they're saying right. it's unfair what she did. Cause she used social media and one-on-one contact well, basically friends and family connections.
1: Yeah. Well, she, we the, should uh, clarify. I don't know if it's accurate to say that she campaigned specifically.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right.
1: I don't think that's necessarily accurate. I don't think she was out there. What the, her team or her A- team, team was supposedly the director, um, the director's wife of the movie, the Leslie, which is the movie that Andrea Riseborough nominated for and her manager, were involved but apparently also francis fisher um who i I don't i'm not sure if she's in the movie or not or she might just be friends with andrea was very hardcore in terms of her um uh campaigning for her now the issue is around the fact that yes you're right campaigning is totally legal but there are very specific rules about
0: it yeah but so this is my spin this is where i want to cover before you give me the answer. I kind of want to step the question here a little bit. Okay, Is that it sounds to me from the somewhat knowledgeable, but outsider, is Mm -hmm. that they're saying, hey, you can't have, you can't just have people that liked the movie or your friends go out there and say good things about you and post things on social media and ask people to vote for you. What you have to do is spend millions and millions of dollars in these campaign Strategies of billboards <laughs> and Hollywood reporter ads and that kind of right. stuff. Otherwise, yeah. it's unfair that you just have people talk about you. Right. And some of the argument I'm reading in the New York Times is basically people saying, well, that's kind of BS, because if I have to follow those campaign rules, I have to be backed by a multi-million dollar campaign instead of people that just I don't know, mm. like the thing oh. I did out there. Yeah. So that seems I mean- to be the setup and the confusion and the you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I argue. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could make that argument. I, I could see that, but the issue here is it's not necessarily cause I, you know, I think the nominations this year were all, you know, covered a broad swath of film from the smaller independent movies to the big budgets. And it was kind of across all categories, which is interesting to see because we're, we got so used to it just being all indie movies that nobody sees But there were some movies in there that were, um, I haven't seen them all, but supposedly were really well done and deserved recognition. And that's what the Academy exists to do, to to recognize the best in the art. Um, But I think the bigger issue here was that it was relentless and there are rules around emails and how many emails you can send and how many um, interactions you can have that, again that the the folks i mentioned just completely ignored and just went at it um full bore and <clears throat> there's also been conjecture that she this this campaign bumped out viola davis from the woman king and the actress who was in the movie till whose name escapes me at the moment um they were bumped out because of this campaign to vote for andrea so I mean, the Academy has, has said that, you know, it wasn't great. They don't like it, but there's really nothing they can do. I mean, Matt Valoni pointed out in his newsletter today, like most of the, the people, the director, the director's wife, the manager, and I don't believe Bondrea are members of the Academy, so they can't really do anything. However, Frances Fisher is, so I don't know if they're going to take action against her. Um, but it, I mean, listen, we all remember that, well, most of you may remember the, the era of Harry Weinstein when he's basically, you know, with, with Shakespeare with, lo- Shakespeare with lo- Shakespeare in love, Shakespeare and love, Shakespeare and love. Thank you. Um, and that campaign and that changed it all. Like the amount of money that he spent and, and it, it, it led to a lot of changes in the rules and how much you can, con- um, connect with, with voters and, how much lobbying you can do and so i mean i think, yeah, I think your average uh, the other thing is a lot of a lot of voters are kind of just like well what's the big deal who cares i, I mean listen yeah. if she's if she's worthy of a nomination so be it i mean listen all this noise might ultimately get her the award like who knows like and and from that would be accounts, hilarious but she it's a great role she did in it i yeah a person and that not, was part of the reason but i think no. they just Became overzealous with it. And I mean, there's something to be said about the fact that unless you're a, a studio campaign with a multi million dollar budget behind you, it's hard to get nominated um, given the current rules. But I think she, they could have gone about it in another way while trying to bring attention to her without being so blatant about it. And I think just pushing uh, and pushing I- and pushing.
0: And I'll, I'll, now I'll play the other side because at least I have just a, a small a little more context. Um, understanding that I, that I have here, too, is that in right. this campaign that her team did, it was, um, we'll say, more hardcore because they were actually mentioning the other actresses or potential other actresses and playing out a strategy. So there's a specific right. post where uh, one of the um, people campaigning, I think it's Francis Fisher... Posted something along the lines, well, basically all these actresses are already locked in. We know that. Yeah, so they're all true. Yeah. Right. And that's yes. like an influence or maybe campaigning against other people. And I think maybe that's yeah. the, like, we can't campaign against. You can't put Tim's better than Keith in a post. You just say like, recognize Tim for his merit. And then yeah. that's where you would stop. So there does seem to be a crossover. But again, it does feel a little bit like. I, I don't know where some of the noise that we hear out there is just, well, she didn't follow the rules, and, but the rules currently require a major investment in a standard static campaign, opposed right. to something that's a little bit more dynamic. I have a feeling, Keith, next year everyone's gonna do what she did, because it worked, they're like, well, screw that.
1: It worked, <laughs> and the Academy said we don't like it, but yeah. nobody's getting punished, so yeah. you're right. I mean, once once the dam is broken, It's always the first person to the wall who gets the most damage. And then after that, everyone else just kind of walks right through. So it's entirely possible that we could see more of this. the Oscars are
0: just about controversy? Should we just call it out? Like, we just want to push controversy and find controversy and do
1: controversy. I mean, you got a bunch of people who are are sort of artistic and then you got a bunch of people with big fat egos and, you know, and they're into a little bubble. Of course there's always going to be controversy because none of them can agree on anything. So of course it's always going to be a controversial thing because there's going to be people who think one way and people who think another. And these people, you got boards that are like fifty plus people large. You know how how can you make a decision like that? I mean, come on! Like, of course it's it's always going to be controversy. And it's all I mean, and the cynic in me is like, listen, it's always good to have controversy because it drives more attention to the show.
0: Yeah, totally. So.
1: I think what uh, they want.
0: maybe that's what they're looking for is like, well, at least if we have some controversy. People will tune in for that one moment or,
1: or what have you. Like it's, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I, I would love to watch the hourly ratings because I guarantee when it comes to best supporting actress, it's probably going to pop up. Or is it best actress? Best actress? Sorry. I think it's part. actress. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is kind of an open field, to be honest. Like, So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: It, uh, so, man, I tell you, there's a part of Hollywood I really, really love, which is it's like watching, um, a s- sports, you know, like you, <laughs> uh, it, you know, we we are armchair quarterbacks playing the game, watching people make moves, wrapping our head around the hmm. strategy, recognizing the changes, encourage people to do something different. But there just is no, the reality is there's just, is no rules, right? Like there no. You get into this thing and you play it. It is not a systematic process to one to get in like, that's the fun part too. It was like the people that break in always have a good story. Yep. But then your career to live the career is to always be playing this game. Now there's need and reality of some burnout too. And <laughs> yes. you're always playing it and always wondering the politics of it. There's always
1: the, there's always the theory of it versus the reality of it, the thought yeah. of it and the reality of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which probably is like, um, you know, think about what's going on with Paramount and Showtime mm. and in that whole like playing the game too. Like that's, Showtime has been around for, I
1: don't know, 40 Almost four years. All my, almost yeah.
0: my life. And mm-hmm. Paramount's kind of messing with the brand right now. There's something, even in just like legacy brands that you can't find security in one way or another. It's a, a curious part of what we're living out in our Hollywood careers is. Always trying to figure out the next move in, in mm-hmm. a lifelong chess game
1: of a career. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it. It's, I mean, part of me is a little sad because you know it's, it's always sad when, and I I, I just looked it up. It's forty six years old. it has been around for forty six years, which is crazy. Um, obviously, I think it was started as sort of like during the heyday of the cables and you're like, Oh, look at this cool little cable channel. And then they tried to be like HBO and that didn't really work because HBO is HBO and there's just really hard to catch up to HBO. And they never really had, I mean, they had some good shows, they had Shameless, they had Homeland, Nurse Jackie, a lot of shows that sort of got some tread to it. Um, But in the the last few years, it's kind of gone quiet. It hasn't had a lot of breakout hits and I mean, it existed largely to service the larger Viacom beast, more or less. And you know, there there had been rumblings that this was coming, and but still, it's it's one of those things where you're like, okay, it it's basically a brand that's just going away because the way they're they're titling it, I think it's like Paramount Plus with Showtime or something like that. No, oh yeah, Paramount Plus with Showtime—that's what they're calling it. There's (laughs) not anyone in the world outside of LA or New York, who's going to call it that? They're just going to call it Paramount Plus. So we're essentially saying goodbye to the Showtime brand. Now, maybe there'll be some way in which they will work in. um, I mean, listen, let's be honest. Showtime doesn't really have a brand with viewers, really. It doesn't have a brand like HBO. It doesn't have a brand like Disney. It's just there. So I don't know how they're going to necessarily do that. I mean, I think ultimately Showtime's just going to... Go away. And it's not a library,
0: right? I mean there I'm sure there are shows. If I there are shows. Really I mean they there
1: yeah, I mean they've started dropping shows from um both services because obviously I don't think they want to pay the residuals or what have you on them anymore. And um so but there I mean, listen. Homeland will always be pro- I mean, a Homeland season 1 is a phenomenal show and I think people will always want to watch it because it's a great piece of television shameless was popular for years nurse jackie was popular so i mean there are shows that that have a following and people Oh, dexter i totally left out dexter right. um they'll have a need to watch and see um so they'll exist there but I, as far as like a brand that's still going to be producing something i don't i think we're essentially seeing the end
0: and essentially of showtime it, Here's the difficulty in navigating OTT anyway, I'm trying to remember which platform has which element, right? It's not like people exactly. where I can go through it and everything's listed. I have to. Right. So to add a sub into the Paramount Plus choice, it's really just better. I'm going to turn on Paramount Plus. I'm going to go to my sub, right. you know, press that button. <laughs> and then the, the Showtime library might exist on the site or not based on my subscription, but I'm not going to go find Showtime somewhere. It's not that my no. first the first thing in my mind has to say Paramount Plus, because I have to get over to that subscription. Right. yeah, I think that to me, you have to realize the the human interaction with your interface is a big element of what's going to survive or not. I think that's what you're calling out. Cute. It's yeah. a cute name, but the reality is is it's, I don't, it's a terrible name. Um, it's well, an awful name. In that, like I'd say it's politically well-positioned to say we're not getting rid of Showtime. But the reality is, right. and I know like the human experience yes. is going to say it's Paramount Plus no matter what. I'm, I'm ditching yeah, yeah. that because
1: that's not an experience. Yeah, no one's going to say Paramount Plus with Showtime. Like I don't say Disney Plus with Nat Geo, Star Wars, <laughs> Marvel, <laughs> and Pixar.
0: <laughs> Although funny, I mean, like I, uh, and I didn't realize I did this. So this is some of the fun of having these platforms. But my Paramount Plus subscription was through Amazon. So I had Amazon uh, Prime yes. with Paramount Plus, Paramount opposed Plus. to Paramount Plus separate. I yeah. definitely ditched that because then I could do downloads on the other side. Not that anyone cares about that, but there is kind of there is some part of this OTT world that adds the with when you're inside of Amazon and uh, Hulu that's with true. live TV, CBS with the football package. Oh so yeah, that's a good there is point. a with element, right, yeah. to it, but I There's still go CBS online or Prime online or whatever. That's where I'm going first.
1: Yeah, I could see that, but I, I don't see it being marketed as I mean I, I can just I can envision trying to write the spots and the copy. Paramount plus with showtime. <laughs> it's I mean listen, you're right. You're right. I have seen ads with Amazon Prime touting the fact that you can get HBO Max or vice versa. HBO Max advertising you can hey you can get our you get HBO Max with your Prime subscription, just kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I it's possible. You know, I just I'm with you from yeah.
0: marketing. Let's let's
1: just say, come on, people, <laughs> come on. It's just no one is gonna. I'm like, hey, did you see that great show on Paramount Plus with Showtime? Like, <laughs> here, let I me mean, do the advertisement right now.
0: Ready? <laughs> Here's you and I doing the advertisement. Hey, Keith. So I was watching Paramount Plus with Showtime this weekend, and you oh, said, "Wait, Jim? Wow, oh, that's so great." Where else can I see Dexter and Mr. Nurse 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 Jackie Nurse Jackie and other great Showtime show
1: without my only Paramount+ on Paramount Plus. With Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, we're so hard. Oh. Yeah, fact, we're so hard. Bob, Oh, I think Bob's calling me right now, actually. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure they're just going to pay us for that ad right now baked into <laughs> our podcast. Pretty sure it's got paid every time. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think we, we nailed it. Keith, Absolutely it's the best six
0: ninety nine I pay every month is adding that Showtime <laughs> package. It's ParaPop Plus with Showtime. Two for the price of one, Tim. It
1: doesn't get any better than that.
0: I could watch Yellowstone and Dexter. So killing people all over the place through Correction. history time.
1: <laughs> you can't watch Yellowstone. You have to go to Peacock to watch Yellowstone.
0: Oh, no, that's not true. I watch Yellowstone. Oh,
1: I'm Wait, on Paramount that. Plus? Live? On Paramount Plus. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's available on Peacock too. then.
0: I'm, I'm watching, well, to be clear, I'm watching 1923, not 18. Ah,
1: yeah, okay. That's, there you go. I all
0: can't right. watch Yellowstone. 1883 is the one. I like the history ones. The 1883. Well, eighteen
1: eighty-three is like was one season, wasn't it? Well, that's what it is. They're, the they're just it? Um,
0: prequels. <laughs> they're building each up. So they're going eighteen eighty-three, but nineteen twenty-three.
1: I guess they are going to do another season of that. They just it just got renewed for another season. So. 1883?
0: Or 1923. 19- oh yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. It's fun. All right, I got to watch it
1: then. I yeah, watch. come on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right, and you can go, get on. that on Paramount Plus. You don't need the show with
1: Showtime.
0: Show <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, it's so fun to do this with you. I love our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, if you like what we're doing and like you're saying, make sure you subscribe to Keith's newsletter because all this great stuff is baked somewhere inside that newsletter. And I, every once in a while, read the newsletter myself. So you know that there are people out there reading it.
1: Mm -hmm. You can find it on my website, visioncraftbrew.com or you can go to my Instagram, hollywoodbreaks underscore Keith and it's in my bio if you'd like to subscribe. There you well, go. Look at us. We're just blog. pitching
0: today. Should I pitch one? I know. One yes. <laughs> and if you really like our episode, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to this episode. <laughs> and we won't even charge you $4.99. Nope, we should it's free. This, oh, dude, we're missing out. We should call this Hollywood Breaks with Vision Craft
1: Brew, and we could double give people <laughs> a service. A double, a double, a two for the price of one, Tim. Two and for the, the price, price is one. free. If you're not getting yeah. enough free content from us here, please join our Kitchen <laughs> grab Brew sub. where um, you also? Yeah. Can- <sighs> oh, whatever. All yeah, right, whatever. well, oh, another great I should also notice free- I should also note real quick, uh, for those of you who are readers of the Founders Brew, I did mention that our uh, Kevin Guest, uh, author of Audienceology, um, was supposed to be here today. Unfortunately, he had an emergency that came up. So he did not make it today, but we are going to reschedule him. So stay tuned and I will have that date shortly.
0: Yeah, I have so many more questions for Kevin. I can't wait for him to show up. I was proud. today. I okay.
1: know. I, I'm, I was too. I'm
0: I want to know. That's uh, all right. We get him awesome.
1: back. We get him back. Another, another episode. Another episode.
0: Yeah. I'm going to find the Golden Hand. I think he's the one that actually uh, promoted um Borough. Like I'm pretty sure Andrea is all a <laughs> key was sitting in those screenings saying well what don't you don't see you screenings. like these two Leslie's? <laughs> <man. laughs> he was adding extra questions in there and then a nomination he's probably putting a nomination form at the end of all this questionnaires I'm like oh yeah and then yeah maybe <laughs> i doubt it just no, kidding i'm just not kidding. true no i'm kidding. kidding it's, it's a, a joke. joke yes he is indeed all right my friend have a great weekend we'll see you next yeah you week. too see you next week okay bye